Welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. I'm Maria Thunberg. I'm a principal at the Lund office, and I'm also coordinating the sustainability work within Analysis Mason. And today I'm going to talk with Martin Scott, a principal analyst in our research team. Among other things, he has been coordinating the company's large and yearly multinational survey on consumer behavior and attitudes. And the COP27 climate summit has just closed in Egypt. And so this felt like an opportune, opportune time for us to look at how consumer attitudes towards sustainability and the climate emergency are evolving. Martin's written an article about that and a link for which is in the show notes. Martin, how are telecoms operators talking about consumer demand for greener solutions at the moment? Well, thank you so much, Maria, for, for doing this podcast with me. It's it's lovely to be talking on here. So uh, to answer your question, firstly, I feel that there's, there's certainly more discussion about consumer demand for green solutions these days. So that's a good start. But in all of this, we need to separate out virtue signaling from meaningful action. I was speaking at Total Telecom's Congress this year, a couple of weeks before COP27, not about sustainability, but I also spent as much time as I could in the sustainability sessions, uh, which they had a, a track dedicated to. And I think every speaker acknowledged that there's a difference between ticking a box and making meaningful change. And there were a few good examples there of how operators were and are making changes. The European disruptor Iliad was name-checked quite a few times by a, a couple of different people. And they put out an update on their 2021 climate pledges a few weeks ago. They've been doing things like introducing carbon footprint estimates in their web portal for end users. They've made it easier for consumers to control the deep sleep mode on their customer equipment using their app, that sort of thing. Well, this all sounds like a good start, right? But But there's also an issue here, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. So you can provide the tools to help a consumer make sustainable choices, but that's not enough on its own. You need to make those choices easy and you need to make them affordable. And that's one of the things highlighted in our latest primary research about consumer choices. So you mentioned briefly in the intro, but to go into a little bit more detail, every year the research department in Analysis Mason runs a large consumer survey covering, I think it was about 20,000 people around the world this year about their telecoms, media and tech usage, behavior, habits. It's a time in motion study where we can see what people are spending their time doing, what devices they're using, and how much they prioritize different things, and also how they expect that to change in the next year, what their relative priorities are. And that, that data actually shows that, at least with respect to telecom service, interest in the green agenda has stopped growing in 2022 relative to 2021. From a, a climate point of view, that's obviously really quite worrying. Um, we asked those 20,000 adults explicitly how important a telecoms operator's green credentials were to their buying decisions for those services. And 13.9% said it was essential, which is up only 0.1 percentage point from last year. But the number of people that said it was either important or essential actually fell overall year on year. And that's the first time that number's fallen. 
So why is that happening? Well, we think it's that trade-off that consumers are being forced to make at the moment between what they want and what they can afford. People are price constrained and their attention is focused on that short-term pressure more than on the longer-term issue of the climate crisis. But there is a, a synergy here though, right? I mean, it's not necessarily true that more sustainable choices are more expensive choices. Yeah, you're right. That that joining together of the narrative of being green and of saving money is important. I think, at least from the British consumer point of view, a couple of years ago, renewable energy used to be much more expensive to buy than energy generated from, say, gas or coal. And consumers have been slow to shake that association with the overall change in energy prices that the 2022 has brought. So just like with telecoms operators' choices about improving their energy efficiency in order to control costs, consumers can do the same thing. And telecoms operators can help them to do that. Many telecoms operators now bundle smart home energy management solutions, for example, the likes of Hive. And telecoms operators have been positioning these as both green and energy saving. The UK incumbent BT released some research last year saying that reducing your thermostat by one degree was one of the most effective changes a consumer could make to their total energy consumption and therefore their energy costs. Now, obviously, telecoms operators could also make their own CP, their customer premises equipment, more energy efficient. Going back to the example of Iliad again, that's basically what they're doing with a combination of redesigning the equipment and by giving increased control to consumers. The, the customer can steer how much energy the CP uses when it's going to go into a deep sleep and, and that sort of thing. And I think at the core of all of this is the act of informing and educating consumers about energy efficiency. So Proximus, the Belgian incumbent, have started to do this in their My Proximus app, for example. So to summarize, telecoms operators can do more to help and consumers' concerns about rising costs do not have to be separate to their choice to take greener decisions. Now, this is just the consumer demand part of the story. And of course, while that's an important part of the wider ESG narrative, it's only a, a small part. And so obviously, while we have you, Maria, as you're, you're leading this, this work in Analysis Mason, it would be really great if you could frame the bigger picture for us. The COP summits are a good point in the year to stop and reflect on what's changed in the last year and what will change in the next year with respect to ESG. So to change again the questions, I mean, what, what has changed, what will change and what were your takeaway points from COP27? Yeah, well, thank you, Martin. Well, uh, of course, there were uh, many different parts discussed at this 27th COP meeting. So these meetings have been ongoing for more than a quarter of a century now, discussing different aspects in related to uh, the climate change crisis that we're in. Uh, and one of the main outcomes of this specific meeting is the agreement, which is called the Loss and Damage Fund, where we see more developed parts of the world are contributing with funding to vulnerable countries that are, are hit severely by the climate disasters. 
Um, but from a telecom point of view, I think it's worth noting that we see Vodafone uh, being the principal uh, principal partner to the COP meeting, um, and this also showcasing then their commitment uh, as a, as a company to the climate mitigation, uh, and and they're highlighting sort of the role of digital technologies and services in combating uh, these different crises that we see ourselves in due to the uh, climate change. Uh, and also highlighting the role of different IoT and digital technologies uh, within different areas or different sectors. So both within sort of smart city application, but also in other sectors such as agriculture and, and transport. Um, and we we hear that Vodafone are, are arguing that they don't want to do business on behalf of uh, sort of environmental aspects, but rather that they can see how these different tools and services will help to combat um, the the uh, the issues caused by the climate change. Um, and in, in addition, I think it's also worth noting that uh, several of the different telecom operators um, are highlighting their work on increasing the share of renewable energy in their networks. So connecting back to what you said earlier, Martin, with energy, of course, being a very relevant topic these days, uh, several of the operators and, and telecom players are here talking about how they can can increase the amount of renewable energy within their uh, their operations. Um, that was also one of the big uh, big discussion points. Uh, and also then from a private perspective, discussing okay, how what what are the different regulations and support from the public arena that's needed to increase or push this development even further. So discussions on, on how to use digital technologies in order to proactively deal with the situation that we are in and, and sort of the effects of the climate crisis, but also then from an operator and, and a TMT player point of view, how we can increase the use of, of locally sourced renewable energy, for example. So these were two of, of the main takeaways from, from my perspective from the COP 27th meeting. Was there anything in, in particular, Martin, that you take away from, from this meeting? Thank you. That That's really interesting. And actually on that point of uh, telecoms uh, move towards uh, sustainable energy sources, this reminds me of um, Orange, Orange Polska. That was another example that I think got mentioned a couple of times at the Total Telecom Congress. I think um, they, they've signed a new contract for uh, the building of of wind turbines of of their own uh, wind energy source which i think is meant to produce something like 36 megawatts worth of energy to help power their network i think it's it the, the contracts are signed but it's not yet been built but that's that's coming in i believe 2024 i think the other thing and and this is it's it's from cop 27 but it's actually related to you know another facet of my work which is looking at the metaverse and what is going to happen with the metaverse and what on earth the metaverse is uh, it is it's really quite tragic um, but at cop 27 uh, tuvalu the the island nation announced that it would be creating its own digital twin um, that it would essentially become a a digital nation um, with the likelihood that uh, as a as an island it will cease to exist by the end of the century 
and so they are taking actions now to create a full full scale virtual replica replica of of the entire nation online i mean that's that is astounding in 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 so many ways it's it's fascinating from a you know a technological point of view but but truly tragic uh, when thinking about the context of of the climate emergency um right well i i think that's all we've we've got time for right now short and sweet um this this has been really a really good conversation thank you maria i've really enjoyed it thank you for talking all this through with me and thank you, Martin, I mean, both for your time and, and for this uh, interesting discussion. Um, and as a reminder to our listeners, uh, there is a link to the article that you wrote, Martin, uh, in the show notes. And uh, that will also direct you towards other work in this area that we've been doing. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much. Bye.